570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Now we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, AM570, LA Sports. Later this hour, Rich Hammond jumps on. Uh, no one really knows how Matthew Stafford suffered a concussion, but apparently he did. He is in concussion protocol, so he is questionable at this point for Sunday. Uh, Kyler Murray apparently has a hamstring that we found out about today. So that means neither starting quarterback could play Sunday uh, in the game with the Rams and Arizona. And I would suggest that uh, if anybody should take the day off, it should be Kyler Murray because I think he'll really get beat up by the Rams' defense. You think so? Yeah, I think he'll get more beat up than Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. Although, so, Matthew Stafford's taking a beating this year. Well, yeah, he's got a concussion. Nobody even knew. Yeah. Yeah. But Rich Hammond yeah. is going to jump on the show here at uh, the bottom of the hour, and we'll get to the bottom of that. The haiku is coming. Mike in South Pasadena is standing by to pay tribute to Vic, who is recovering at home and doing much better. We're excited about that. So Mike will be on here in a second to deliver our listener haiku, which, by the way, have been very, very good. And we appreciate everybody being a part of it and taking uh, taking the time to honor Vic as you have been. And we'll continue to do this until he is back. But college football playoff rankings out. Uh, USC right there. They could sneak in. Striking distance, Fred. They're striking distance. Right. They are striking yes. distance. UCLA, not so much. UCLA might have got snubbed a little yeah. bit. They did. They did. You think that? Yeah. They got they got snubbed. I, I would say it. They did. Uh, hey, but, you know, the logo matters, Fred. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I'm talking to those people that called last hour. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we got you. Okay. <laughs> TCU found that out last week when they were undefeated behind Alabama, who had a loss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just watch out fast, TCU. If they don't, they you know they may win, but if they don't win, like if it's a close game, it goes to overtime with Texas or whatever, they're gonna get bounced out of the top four too. Oh, they might get bounced out of the top ten. Yeah, they're just waiting yeah. for TCU to lose the game so they can knock them out. Exactly. They feel obligated exactly. to put them in the top four. They may be 15th after that. Um, but, no, yeah, I, I think it's – look, I think um, – and if, if I'm honest, yeah, for, for SC, it's this it's not the year for the playoffs. I, I, don't, I wouldn't consider SC one of the top four best teams in the country, uh, at least right now, especially defensively. We, we, we can't really stop anybody, so I wouldn't put us in that category. Um, I tell you who is, though. I think Oregon – it's probably the, is the best team playing the best, maybe not the best, but playing the best of any team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, USC-UCLA game is going to be a great matchup, though. It's going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to that. But I see Oregon. I see Oregon possibly slipping in and getting into that playoff picture. So here's, uh, here's how it breaks down. They've got Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, Tennessee is 5, Oregon 6, LSU was seven. Uh, USC is eight. That is correct. Yes. And then uh, UCLA is 12. 
Yes, they just jumped at LSU, seven, two loss team in front of both USC, UCLA, and somebody else that's got one loss. All right, let me give you this. So uh, if the unthinkable occurs for you, and there will be a, an appropriate uh, period of mourning if it happens, if UCLA okay. were to beat USC. How dare you? How dare you? What? I'm saying if it happened. Okay. If by some odd chance that it actually happened and UCLA beat USC, all right, they're going to vault. We know that. Let's say Oregon, they're playing teams below them. So if they if they lose, they're going to fall. You want Oregon to win, though, because UCLA would then would play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship yeah, game. It helps your resume. And by the way, Oregon's winning schedules. Uh, Washington, who's back in the top 25 now, Utah's 13, and then Oregon yeah. State, who just fell out of the top 25. Who knows where they'll be in a couple of weeks. So those would be quality yeah, so wins for good. Oregon. And they're not went out by both teams. It would would help. Like even if USC won out or UCLA won out, it's going to be a pretty impressive. Whoever won that Pac-12 championship game could get vaulted into the playoffs, I believe. And they don't if, make if that. All, all three scheme schools went out. Oregon, UCLA, or Oregon, USC went out, and whoever wins that that game, I think gets in. Well, wait a minute. They don't make that decision until the championship games. It's just not based on regular season. What's that? What do you ask? What, in other words, they determine what teams are going to be in the playoffs. Absolutely. Oh yeah, you got to wait for the yeah because because if the SEC champion, if some Alabama gets or Georgia gets beat in the SEC championship game, they won't be number one anymore. Fair. So yeah, it definitely matters. Okay. Well, all all, uh, all eyes really are focused. If nobody looks ahead at all to the matchup between USC and UCLA, that's the game this year. Didn't think yes. it would have this kind of. It's always a big game, but I never thought it'd have this kind of impact. Yeah, at the I can't of the remember. Year. I can't remember. And if it stays that way, well, well, UCLA fell what, in the college playoff poll to what? They're number eleven now. Twelve. They, Twelve. 10? Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. But then the other, you know, at one point they were they were um, in the top ten. The last time both teams were in the top ten um, might have been when I played, Fred. Wow. Yeah, the last know. time the game actually had like meaning and postseason meaning was back in I think it was either 06 or 07. USC had to win the last game of the regular season and they would have made it to the BCS championship game. And they, they lost. They lost UCLA. 13 yeah. to 9 or 13 to 6, something yes. like that. And UCLA beat them. Yeah. But that was really the but last UCLA time. wasn't ranked high though, right? No, they weren't. You're asking, I know you guys were yeah. initially asking when's the last time it yeah. meant something for both teams. I'm trying yeah. to find just a scenario where it meant something for either team in the yeah. grand scheme. And yeah. that was that was a major one right there. But that's all I can. And yeah, that was, that was the one that yeah, yeah. USC was undefeated. There was the year after the Leonard Bush years and John David Bowie yeah, was, was quarterback. Yeah, they were undefeated all the way through and big big favorites against UCLA and lost that game. And, I mean, they still went on and won the Rose Bowl, but but should have been the one should have won the national championship that year too. All right, uh, let's have the haiku. Let's bring on Mike in it. South Pasadena. Mike, how are you today? Doing fine, thank you, Fred. How are you? Just fine. Now, Mike, we appreciate you being a part of the show and wanting to pay tribute and honor Vic. Uh, is this something you have been working on for a while? Is it off the top of your head? Give us the background. Yeah, I've been working on this for the last couple of days, trying to get it uh, try to get it condensed and compact. And I did some oh. research on the haiku and found out about the structure of it and the, the components. And, um, wow. Yeah, just the basic, but I think it comes... It, what I've got conforms pretty much to the uh, requirement of three lines and like 17 syllables, that kind of thing. Okay, so uh, you you have composed this yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, that's very impressive. I like that. I like that. He went and researched 
the guidelines. Yes. For a haiku. Yeah. No, know this. When Vic is here, there are guidelines which Vic does not follow. And uh, basically says <laughs> he does too, no, he Fred. Does. He does. Not even remotely close. What he says is, it's you know just your feelings. Whatever you feel is a haiku. He's altered this thing from the very beginning, from when we started doing it. So now it can be anything. But we're glad Mike has taken the time to do it correctly. So Mike, are you ready now? We're going to bring you on the air like we do, Vic. You ready? Yes. Okay. Before we do it, here's a retro haiku from Vic. Plum blossoms all have gone. And peaches. Even peaches, too. But cherries. Now, come on now. I'm feeling you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. I think Love he it. was talking about the change of season at Gelson's in their produce department. <laughs> the peaches are gone, but cherries, oh, cherries, I'm feeling you. You got to feel it, Fred. It's about feeling. I'll tell you. Well, he felt it with the cherries. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike, so we've set the standard. We're going to start the music, and you come on the air like Vic would, okay? Sounds good. Here we go. Ronnie, start the music. And now with a daily haiku at two, we welcome on Mike from South Pasadena. And Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred and Rodney. And Hello, also Mike. good afternoon to Vic if he's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You want to say hello to Kevin and Ronnie or no? Uh, sure. Hello, Kevin and Ronnie. What up, Mike? Hi. So proceed when ready? Yes, I thought you were just letting it marinate. Whenever you're ready. Ready to go. Okay, here it is. Short but sweet. All right. Heal well, Brother Vic. Regain strength brick by brick. Feeling you makes it click. Nice! Aha! Aha! Very Look solid. at that. Look at that. He created that himself. Yeah, and he did it to pay tribute to Vic. Mike, that was outstanding. Thank you. Okay. Mike, uh, the haiku's over. You don't have to be a man of few words. You you can say a little more now. It's okay. Everything doesn't have to be okay. 575 now. It's okay. I, I just wanted to say, if, if Vic is listening, that I wanted to wish him, wish him a belated uh, 20th wedding anniversary, which I understand was about 17 days ago. Feeling you. There you go. That's very cool, Mike. Outstanding. Nice. We, we love that you Thank listen you, to Mike. the station. Okay. So let's hope he's well on the road to recovery, and he'll be back with us soon because we all miss him tremendously. Yes, and you know yes. what? Those those kind of comments, uh, believe it. He knows about those. Vic knows when people say things about him and good things and, and wish him well. He does know, so that means an awful lot. Mike, thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Good job. You're welcome. Take care, guys. It's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. And it is brought to you by our dear friend Jacob and Ronnie. Suffer any kind of personal injury. Don't try to handle this on your own for two reasons. 
One, you'll screw it up. And two, you won't get what you deserve. To find out what you deserve and to have somebody handle it who's done it for 25 years, there's one guy to call, and that's Jacob and Ronnie. Accident, old injury, call Jacob and Ronnie, call Jacob. So we know the Dodgers have a whole host of free agents, uh, and Tyler Anderson is one of them. And I just saw this tweet from John Heyman a couple of uh a couple of minutes ago, about 10 minutes ago, saying that word is there's a good chance the Dodgers do extend a qualifying offer to Tyler Anderson worth about $19.5 million. Uh, of course, that would mean if you were to sign elsewhere, the Dodgers will be awarded with draft pick compensation. But one of their best pitchers last year uh, on the starting staff, I think it'd be very important if they could find a way to bring him back there, Fred. Wait a minute, Kevin. So they offer him, not, okay, so the way it works is he gets a qualifying offer of $19 million. Then Correct. it's up to him to take it or not. Correct. Okay, if he does And if somebody take, else takes him, they get then drafted. the Dodgers get compensation, right? Correct, yes. Right, yeah. so he's gambling that somebody over, let's say, a two- or three-year period is going to pay him more than $19 million if he doesn't take it. Correct. Okay. I don't know if he takes it. You don't know if he takes it? What was he making last year, Kevin? you know? I'll, I'll check, but definitely not that much, I don't believe. Right, right. I think, you know, look, bird in the hand, baby. Yeah? I, look, Dodgers, uh, you got to also factor in the organization, you know, that you're playing for, too. And Dodgers going to be in the thick of things. You're going to be playing on TV. You're going to be playing in the postseason. Um, and your second year, you perform well. And if they're offering you that, it's a substantial raise from what you were making. I, I, that, that, that's a hard one to turn down. Look, you know, he had a breakout year. It was incredible. There's no guarantee he's going to have the same kind of year going somewhere else. I'd keep it familiar, especially if they're willing. My, the team that I just played for, that I just performed for, willing to, you know, give me a bump, I might have to look at that deal. Yeah, and he made $8 million last year. Oh, so they doubled it. Yeah, that's good. They doubled it. Yeah. yeah, but I'm wondering, could he get 30 for two years somewhere else? That's the question. Considering how spectacular of a season he had, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility. He's thirty. He's thirty-two, but he's also 32. not. A, he's not a flamethrower either. So you know, I mean, he can last for a while. It's not like he's gonna blow his arm out or anything. He tops out at like what ninety-three, at best, most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, one of the bigger stories, and we talked about this with Dan Wojcicki a little bit earlier. The Brooklyn Nets shifting from Ime Udoka, of course, the disgraced, suspended head coach of the Boston Celtics at the moment. And hiring Jacques Vaughn, who was elevated as their interim coach, he is now officially the full-time head coach. And Adrian Wojnarowski, speaking on NBA Today earlier, said basically uh, it was too difficult for the Nets to go through what they're going through with Kyrie Irving and to add Amai Udoka into the mix as well. Uh, there's going to be public backlash. There's already public backlash with Kyrie Irving. So they thought it was just uh, they should seek some stability. And amongst all the instability they're dealing with, and that's why they pivoted from Amai Udoka and decided to stick with Jacques Vaughn. I, you know, when we first heard Udoka, I, I, and I think I said it, a little soon, maybe a little soon, after, you know, they suspended him for a year for inappropriate workplace conduct, and now, two months later, somebody else said, your conduct doesn't matter to us. Come on in here and play, or coach. It seemed a little soon to me. It was interesting that they had gone down that road, but I think you're right, Kevin. You know, kind of like uh, upon further review, that was not a very good decision. Yeah, there's, there's no way in the world. I mean, I think uh, cooler heads prevailed in Brooklyn because you, you can't have a guy suspended in at one place and then hire him. And, uh, you know, Dan Wojcik was just on earlier talking about you got to sign, you got to serve the suspension, don't you? 
if one club serves, you know, suspends you, don't you kind of got to serve out that suspension? You would think. Um, so it would have been a bad look if Brooklyn would have hired him. And then you know, the players on the, on the on the Celtics would have been like, oh, wait a minute, he can't coach for us, but he can coach Brooklyn? What are we doing? I, I just I had a hard time to believe that the, the league would not have stepped in at some point, and maybe they did behind the scenes that this can't happen. Yeah, there was a report yesterday, Rodney, and I forget exactly who had it, but that there were a lot of people who were telling Josiah, the owner, don't do this. Don't uh, bring in Idoka as your uh, as your head coach. Very yeah. much trying to push him away from doing that. So maybe it was uh, maybe it was the league that told him. Speaking of uh, questionable coaching hires, we talked about Jeff Saturday becoming the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts with uh, no coaching experience in the college or the pros. Uh, Jim Ursay, of course, had his. Uh, I don't know what you want to call that press conference was a couple of days ago, but spoke with The Athletic yesterday and denied the fact that he was tanking. Some people think like, well, you're giving this to a, to a guy who's never coached before. You're losing games, so don't try to salvage the season. Just blow the whole thing up. You're going to be terrible. Bring in a guy that has no experience. Why not? But this is what Jim Irsay told The Athletic. He says, we're going to take what it do what it takes to win. I don't know what you people think we are, but you don't know us. We don't tank in Indianapolis. Seems to fly in the face of what you're doing, considering you're giving the job to a guy who uh, doesn't even know his own coaching staff, Brett. Well, you know, uh, so much has been made of this, but it's not unusual for guys to get opportunities that haven't coached before. I now, think granted, it's unusual, Fred, to do it in the guys, NFL. Fred, head certain coach. guys, let's put that right. Let's also, get that right. Certain guys. The timing. He's getting the job, what, eight, nine weeks into the regular season on a coaching staff that he didn't hire with guys he has no idea who they are or how they operate. If it's in the offseason, that's one thing, Fred. He's stepping into it right in the firestorm. That's the part Absolutely. that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. In the middle of the season, he's got to come into a team and a coaching staff, like you mentioned, Kevin, where the head coach, Frank Reich, hired all those guys and are loyal to. And now Saturday's coming in. And I'm sure there are a number of those guys on that staff that, like, wait a minute. I, I should be next in line for the interim job at least because I'm on the staff. Yeah, you're going to bring somebody else in with no coaching experience from the outside, and I'm supposed to listen to him. I'm not happy about that, to be honest with you, friend. Reggie Wayne is on that staff, I believe. Uh, your old coach, John Fox, who's been a John? head coach, is on that staff. Yes, on that staff. Like, wait, wait a minute. So so I, I I can't, I'm not the interim coach in the world. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, uh, it's really throwing a lot of people poop. And I, I got to believe that a lot of those coaches on that staff are like rolling their eyes at this and, 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 and listening to, to Jeff Saturday try to, to tell him what to do. And this is nothing against Jeff Saturday. He's a good guy. But to be in that role in the middle of the season, he said, Kevin, it's one thing to come in and after the season's over, hey, we're going we're gonna to switch things up and we're going to hire Jeff Saturday and bring him in and he can hire his own staff to do his thing and we're going to give him a chance. That's different than coming in at the middle of the season. Well, you know, maybe he just comes in and, um, it, like I said, I think earlier in the week, he's Ted Lasso. Gets in there and motivates guys, and he has his his coordinators and everybody operated. Because there's no way he can walk in and go, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. That doesn't work. Maybe he's just in there to motivate guys, right? He's Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, but Ted Lasso came in and, you know, didn't come in where there's other guys there that 
be in the middle of the season. And they were trying to tank Ted Lasso. Well, that's, that's right. true. They hired him so they around. Lose. You're right. <laughs> that's right. Jim Irsay says that's not what they're trying to do. We'll see. Right. right. This weekend, wow, it's Colts Raiders this weekend. Does anybody want to win a game? Oh. We'll see. I tell wow. you what, if, if Josh McDaniel and the Raiders don't win this game, woo-wee, you may see Keyshawn Johnson go coach the Raiders. <laughs> I could do much worse. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's why they got My brother Keyshawn go. Jeff Saturday could coach the Colts. My boy Keyshawn could go coach the, yeah, why the not? damn Raiders. Most why to motivate. Keyshawn to go in and cut somebody out a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. About an hour and a half ago, we found out that Matthew Stafford has a concussion. No one knows how he got it. Then about a half hour ago, we found out Kyler Murray may not play for Arizona this weekend. Nobody knows how he got that hamstring. So in either event, Rich Hammond will join us next, and we will try to figure all this out. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Deposit. That's deposit. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. It is your partner, Big Boy. Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3, and you're listening to a Hall of Famer, host, philanthropist, it's my big homie man, Rodney Pete, and the man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. That's right, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan, on a hump day Wednesday. Enjoying every minute of it. What it do, Freddie? You getting excited about tonight? I am. I am looking forward to seeing all the peeps, all of our peeps, Fred, in the suite at the crib. Going to be a good time. Looking forward to meeting everybody tonight. All right, let's figure out what's going on with the Rams. Because all of a sudden, things have gone south. Let's bring on Rich Hammond, Senior Editor Athletic, Host 11 Personnel Podcast, and a friend of ours. Rich, good afternoon. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Did you know Matthew Stafford had a concussion? Uh, No. Did you? No. I mean, all of a sudden, they come out today and say it's in concussion protocol. What happened? Yeah, uh, you know, not something to be, I know we're both having a little levity here, but uh, no, not something to be taken lightly at all, and, and really surprising, guys, just in terms of, you know, we just went through this a few weeks ago with, with Tua down there in Miami, where they were, uh, you know, kind of heightening the protocols to make sure that uh, things got caught during the game, and, and I'm not at all alleging that anything uh, poor took place here, but... Uh, apparently, Matthew Stafford su- suffered something during that game Sunday, uh, and it didn't come to light or, or wasn't recognized until after the game. Um, so that's what happened here. He, he went in the protocol uh, officially yesterday. Um, so there's a little bit of time here, but uh, very surprising to see that happening uh, after a game and pretty significant time after the game, not immediately yeah. after the game, but uh, a couple days later. Right, and I don't know the, the specific rules on when you have to report certain things like that, but you would think after a Sunday game, if that happened, because obviously happened in the game, that it would be reported on Monday um, that he had a concussion. And, and and as you mentioned, we found out about today, but at worst it came out yesterday that he had a concussion. And, and it's, you know, kind of just playing it through my eyes. It's, it's, it's probably he had it. 
didn't think much of it. And then plane ride home, get home Sunday night, get home Monday, and, and it's like it's still lingering and I still have a headache or whatever it may be, and then said something about it. But still, you would think that it would come out on, on Monday, not Wednesday. Yeah, Rodney, there's also some tests that they have to go to through, and I don't want to speak out of turn here, so I won't go into great detail, but uh, there are some testing tests that they do to kind of, uh, you know, to go against your baseline to make sure everything's okay, and I think a little bit of that might have been going on here, too, if I'm, if I'm reading correctly into what Sean McVeigh was saying, so I'm not sure it was uh, entirely or necessarily, you know, Matthew saying, oh, I, you know, I have a headache or I don't feel well. It could have been that. It could have been that accompanied by, uh, you know, one of these tests that, that seemed a little bit off. But uh, either way, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of arguing in, in uh, semantics here. I mean, either way, yeah. you're right. It's, it's uh, very unusual to see that happen, uh, you know, a day or a day and a half later. Now we see a report that Kyler Murray has a hamstring. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I did know that. Oh, okay. yeah, I totally – no, I'm kidding. No, they, they have like 15 – Arizona has like 15 guys on their injury report. The Rams have – Seven, uh, uh, so neither one of these teams is, is looking real good at the moment. But, uh, but, yeah, an important game for for both of these teams, and neither one of them is, is looking real great at the moment. Yeah, they're not. They're not. And, and the Rams' struggles are, are, are huge right now. Uh, Rich, what, do you see them even making the playoffs? I mean, you look at Seattle, they're surging. Obviously, Arizona's in, in their own world. But San Francisco, a lot of people believe that they're going to make a run. Um, do you see the Rams even making the playoffs this year? Yeah, you know what, Ronnie, I, I got to do a little mea culpa here because the last time we talked, I kind of was expressing doubt about Seattle, and uh, they're, yeah. they're proving me wrong. I mean, they are hanging in there, so uh, they're, they're, they're not giving up. They're not going away, and that's, that's a little bit of a problem if you're trying to chase uh, down first place. I'll be honest with you guys, and it's not, it's not a hot take. The Rams have so many problems here that it, it's going to be hard. I mean, I, I feel like even if they get one of these areas firmed up i mean even if you if you solve the problem on the offensive line i don't know whether that solves the problem in the run game entirely and even if they get the run game going a little bit i don't know whether that solves the ability to uh, generate explosives in the pass game and, and now if you don't have matthew stafford for this game potentially that's a huge problem it's, it's just there's so many things going on here if it was one thing that they needed to fix you might be able to say okay they can get that back on track and then everything else will fall in line, but there just seems like there's three or four things here that all need to be fixed very, very shortly because you can't fall any farther behind. I mean, I know the 49ers made the NFC Championship game. They were 3-5 and five and, and rallied, but you, you just can't do it. You can't expect to do it. So they, they just can't give away any more games is the way that I would look at it. You know, Rich, when you sit here and look at what's happened this year, it's one of two things. Either, well, F them picks didn't work. Or they paid four guys too much money and they didn't have enough to spread it around. Or are the problems just a result of the perfect storm hitting? Well, it's a little bit of that. I mean, you, the, the FM picks thing, is the, the, the corollary with that is you have to be pretty much perfect in everything else. And, and you look at some of these things that you, you can't have widespread injuries because your depth just isn't there with, with other teams. And then, quite frankly, you, you look at some of these guys, you know, the, the draft pick that the Rams have, uh, you look at a second-round pick that they spent on Tutu Atwell. He's not a part of the offense. You look at a third-round pick that they spent on Cam – a second-round pick that they spent on Cam Akers. He's barely a part of the offense. They spent a third-round pick a couple of years ago on Terrell Burgess, and they just waived him. So it's not just the, you know, trading the first-round picks. 
It's they need to hit on those picks that they do have. They can't be wasting second and third round picks. And they did a really good job with that when Sean McVay first came in 2017, 2018. They were hitting on a huge number of those mid-round picks. And now you're just seeing that fall off a little bit. So is that, Fred, paired with that all-in strategy? It's okay to pay those guys what you're going to pay them, but it's you, you need to be spot-on, letter-perfect with those other moves in, at the bottom of your roster, and they just not, they have not been doing that the last couple of years. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned Cam Akers, and, and obviously that was an ugly situation a few weeks ago. I didn't think he was ever going to come back, and now he's back on the team. But still, um, what are they going to do with him? And what's the situation with, you know, with, with running yeah. back? Cause that's, it's just a mess, and their running game is basically null and void. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, Rodney. I mean, I, and I'm not even entirely sure if you strengthen the offensive line. I mean, I know that's a part of it, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think there's problems independent of that. I, I don't know right. whether there's a confidence in those guys or whether they have the confidence in themselves. I'm really not sure because this has been an issue before they struggled with the offensive line. I mean, we were talking about this last year. You know, What are they going to do in the run game? Who's going to be the lead back? How can they rely on these guys? And, and it's only gotten worse since then. So, you know, Cam got in a little bit of action this past Sunday. He didn't look really good to me, to be honest with you. I thought Daryl Henderson looked more confident with the way he was running. I thought Cam looked a little tentative in the way that he was going. So they can keep trying with that. They can hope that another week he, he gets that confidence back and is a bigger part of it. But uh, it, it certainly doesn't look like they've solved the problem, and, and I'm not real sure they're any closer to solving the problem than they were three or four weeks ago. Yeah, so he's only back out of necessity. I mean, they probably, if they right. could have moved him, they would have moved him. But now they have to have somebody, so they figured out a way to bring him back. Do you think he's done with him after this year? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it just depends on, you know, they, I mean, obviously he was on the trade market. It's, it's, the problem is you're bringing him in. He's not looking good. His trade value is not going to go up. I mean, you're not going to get more interest if, if he's rolling out there and, and playing the way that he is. So, they're, they're in a little bit of a difficult spot here. I mean, I, I think they probably just need to wait till after the season. And, uh, you know, do you change the offense? Do you overhaul things? I mean, what do you do here? Because uh, he's, he's not playing himself into a bigger role, and he's certainly not making himself more attractive to other teams right now. No, not at all. And, and Rich, when you look around, uh, this, this year feels like it's so more unpredictable than it's, than it's been in, in a while. You know, teams you thought they were going to be there, even teams that you thought early in the season, okay, they're going to be dominant. You know, you see Buffalo get beat last week, and, and they were unbeatable. Kansas City is still kind of there. But when you, when you look around, who, who do you see, as you look at it right now, kind of midseason, um, teams are going to be there in the end on the NFC and the AFC side. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you look at the NFC. What are there? I mean, I, I don't. I'm not looking at the standings, but I think there's only five teams above 500 in the NFC. The whole NFC, yeah. which is which is just pretty wild, I, you know. And now, look, Buffalo. We don't know what's going on there with the quarterback. He's got an elbow problem that, that could keep him out. So that that puts them in a uh, in a big question mark. You know, the, the Eagles are 8-0. Like, how can you argue against an 8-0 team? Uh, they've got a great quarterback. Jalen Hurts has been, been playing very well. So uh, it's hard for me to sit here and say that they shouldn't be uh, among the favorites. But I, I still look at that, that AFC. I mean, the Chiefs, I, I believe, are 6-2, are and two, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And, uh, yep. you know, given the talent that they have there, great coaching, I, I would always put them – uh, near the top of the list, and then yeah, depending on what's going on in Buffalo, 
if if Josh is okay there, then I, I still put them near the top. NFC is weird. I, you know, the, you got to put the Vikings up there. Or they, they're a huge surprise team. Uh, but I guess until the Eagles show that they are, you know, not legit, you have to consider them to to be the favorites. But uh, I, I look at the AFC. I look. I still look at the Bills and Chiefs as probably the two teams that I'd most want to avoid uh, when we got to January. All right. Well, we never want to avoid you. Thank you, Rich, for coming on uh, <laughs> Eleven Personnel Podcast, Senior Editor Athletic. We love when you come on. Thanks for the insight. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Okay, there goes our buddy Rich Hammond. Of the athletic. All right, Rodney, a uh, couple of things. First, you know, in local news, for years they've come up with these teases that try to scare you. So yeah. you stay around to find out the information. Uh huh. Okay. We're not doing local news today, but uh, let me give you the tease. If you eat that food at the stadium, you could be killing yourself. That's right. Oh, boy. That's, oh, boy. That's a tease. I go to a lot of stadiums, Fred. Well, you better not We're eat. going to one tonight. Well, all right. I'll, I'll fill you in. You going to a stadium? Oh, you are. You're going to the crib, yes. of course. Yeah. Yes. All right. Who wants Pro Flowers? 866-987-2570. $100 gift card to Pro Flowers. Rodney, what caller number? Seven. Tonight. A pizza Zubat punishing the rim once again with a right hand. It's round two in the battle for L.A. as the Clippers and Lakers square off for the second time this season. Don't miss a moment of the action as Clippers Countdown begins at 6 p.m. right here. The official home of Clippers basketball is AM570 L.A. Sports. They share a house but not a home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Hogan and Rodney. Yeah, I'm like, oh God, oh, oh my God. Y'all run the game, y'all just commentate from the Come side. Come on, like, down the home stretch. Rodney P, Fred Rogan. It's hump day, y'all. It's sunny out. The rain washed away all that mess. Let's go. All right, Kevin in Huntington Beach. Congratulations, you've done it, you've won it. We at AM570 LA Sports want to say thank you to all of our listeners for your support this year. To do so, as a special gift to you, we're giving away a $100 gift card every day through the month of November, courtesy of our friends at Pro Flowers. This is the official florist of AM570 LA Sports. Way to go, Kev. Nice job, and we'll give another one away tomorrow. All right, Rodney. Uh, you know, it's kind of the local news tease. Be careful at the stadium. Whatever you eat, you may oh. kill yourself. Oh, no. Yeah, a, a study came out. And look, we go to the stadium, we love to eat. I I do. Some food good, some food not so good. But I love, I love to eat stadium food. Uh, eating foods as hot dogs, pre-prepared pizza, and sugar-sweetened beverages. In short, traditional stadium food fare can result in premature death according to a new study. The revelation is part of a study that appears in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine examining the deaths of Brazil residents between the ages of 30 and 69 back in 2019. Researchers found that 57,000 of them were due to high consumptions of highly processed foods, the study reveals. That's a full 10% of the country's premature deaths. And, of course, when you go to stadiums, let's be honest, uh, Many of the foods are processed foods. So what this is saying is, if you go to a stadium, you should not eat. Do you buy this? I eat sushi when I go to the stadium, Fred. 
What if some stadiums don't have sushi? I don't eat. Okay, well, that's simple. No, listen. <laughs> Look, if if this is a study of people are dying, it's not just from stadium food. It is it is a habit that these people have. So so you're telling me they eat great, except when they go for to the stadium to watch a game, then they get they eat bad. Right. It's a habit. These people are eating bad all the time. That's why it's happening. It has nothing to do, I don't believe, with just the stadium food. Then they go home and they come in, they're coming home from work and they're eating McDonald's five days a week. No, no disrespect to McDonald's. I like McDonald's. But you're eating it five days a week. Don't blame the stadium because you went to the Rams game on Sunday and had some pizza and say, oh, it was that pizza at the Rams game that got me. It got me. No, no. It's the habit that you have 365 that gets you. Come on, study. Come on, man. You know that. You know what it is. I mean, everybody says you got to eat healthy, right? And, yeah. and people that are into fitness eat far healthier than people that are not into fitness. But I mean, the only way to really eat healthy is just to eat plants. Get rid of everything. Just start eating yeah. plants. Yes. Yes. All plants. It's good for you. Plant-based diet. Fred. I mean, you could have protein deficiencies, and that's not healthy either if you just go straight plants. You can there, get Fred, protein so. from some plants. It takes a lot, some though. some vegetables. For, you can, just saying. <laughs> I could not live that way. I'm just being honest. <laughs> you don't have to get your protein from red meat. You don't. You can get it from something else. Get it from chicken? You get it from nuts. You get it from get nuts? Chicken. Yeah. Don't you get to a point in your life, and I, I'm not, you know, you are as old as you are as you listen to us right now. We have people of all different ages listening to us. At what point do you get to your life where you go, the hell with it, I'm going to do what I want? I don't care if I want to eat three steaks and McDonald's, I'm eating it. I know it's stupid and I know I shouldn't do it. I don't care anymore, I'm doing it. What point do you, do you get to in your life where you just do that? Because there is a point where everybody goes, I don't care anymore. I'll just do whatever I want. And I, I don't know, it's different for everybody. Some people they could do the opposite. They say, I'm not doing that anymore because I am older and I can't withstand that anymore. So I'm going to change that habit and go the other way. Um, you know, I think when you're when you are younger, you can say Shoot, that 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 five cheeseburgers I ate is going to come off tomorrow. It's going to be easy. <laughs> but when you get to a certain age, that five cheeseburger is going to sit with you for a week. So, you know, I, I think, well, at least for me, the older I get, listen, I'm not out here preaching I'm a vegan or anything like that because I love my steaks and love my burgers and French fries and all that good stuff. I got a sweet tooth and all that. But I do try to make, you know, for most, if it's a seven-day week, I try to make the most of it five days a week, and I'll have two days where I'm just going for it. But mm -hmm. I'm not doing it seven days a week. Yeah, those are cheat days, right? Cheat days, cheat yes, days. absolutely, absolutely. See, my problem is I have two days a week where I take care of myself, and I have five cheat days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Try to get that to four and three, Fred, then you'll be all right. All right, I'll work on it. Hey, see everybody tonight, those that are going at the suite at the Crypt. Yeah, Crypt. Ronnie, nice job. Kevin, appreciate it very much. Rodney, tonight. Tonight. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep them guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off. 
off a cuss words writing again Learn how to take a head so I fight with my pen Late night down sunset like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail My people say Live and die in LA.